All right, we'll say good morning, good morning. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors. I thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Teves. Shirim this month are dedicated by the Dafyomi Shir in the, in the, in, in excuse me, Lalias Neshama of Mr. Martyr Mordechai David Ben Raphael Hakohen. To thank Shirley Elbaum and family for dedicating over Shirman's Rashos this month. Information of the yard site of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov Couple Ben Ravram Menachem. And our week of learning sponsors, Ayala and Sarah Steinberg, for dedicating the learning this week in the Shulam Shulamis Bas Susha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshama Slav and Aliyah, their families in Nechama, and those who require a Refuah should have one together with Kol Chola Yisrael. Most of that, let us begin a lot to do today. Beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us. Today's daf is Sanachay 65. We are picking up a Merit Hashem. We have a lot to do. We are picking up on Sanach Talam Abbas 64b. And let's actually pick up at Verabonon Maitamayu. So we'll say that is two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve lines up from the bottom. So we'll say, if you remember again, the dramatic machlokis we had in the Mishnah was poschin benolot. Can you create a Pesach with new, a, a new piece of information that has come to light? Something, remember, let's take one step back. We're talking about Hataras Nedarim. The way to accomplish Hataras Nedarim is through a Pesach, to creating an opening. Right, an opening, kind of the overarching concept of opening is charata, is remorse, meaning that there is a piece of information that I know now that had I been aware of at the time of the nether, I would have what? I would have what? Not made the nether. Good, that's your typical Pesach. That's your typical Pesach. Now the question is, what happens if new information comes to light now, but the information was not present, was not, the information didn't exist. At the time of the nether. So remember again, what was the paradigmatic example? I make an nether, I'm not going to get any hana from Ruvain. Then what happens? Ruvain becomes a sulfur. And he's the only sulfur in town. So now I say to myself, had I realized that Ruvain was going to become a sulfur, I would have never made this nether to begin with. Now again, that's new information. The information was not in the world at the time of the nether. So is that enough to create a Pesach? So I will say, ultimately again, this is a machlokas. This is a machlokas. Srabi Eliezer says, yes, this works. And the Chachamim say, no, it does not work. Where, so now the Gemara is delving into machlokas. So where does Rabbi Eliezer see this from? So the Gemara says, interesting enough, Rabbi Eliezer learns this from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu. That what happened, and we're going to discuss this in today's daf. Moshe Rabbeinu made a nether to Yisro that he would not leave Midian. And then what happens? HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, listen, good news. Everyone who wanted to kill you died. So now go back to Yisrael. Do hataras nedarim. Why? Because ultimately, again, new piece of information over here. Right? New information. New information, the guys are dead. So, so, so the Rabbi Elias says, you see from here that new information, no lot, can create a Pesach. On the other hand, so now we're up to Vrabanon. Vrabanon. What did Vrabanon do with this? What happened to Dasan Abiram? They became impoverished. Now, I was like, so what? Like, how, how, how does that answer? How does that answer the Shaila? Right? Remember again, Rabbi Eliezer is saying, you see from this story, here's what we know. Right? Let's, let's take the facts. Fact number one, Moshe Rabbeinu made a nether, right, to Yisrael, that he's not leaving Midian. Fact number two, in order to go ahead and leave Midian, what does Moshe Rabbeinu need? What does he need? 
Hataras Nadarim. Right? Incredible, right? Even though Akash Baruch was telling him, he needs Hataras Nadarim. Loba Shamayim he. A Jew has to live within the confines and construct of Halacha. No exceptions. Even though Shiradinu. So now, suffice. So, so Abelot says, okay, so now Dustin Abiram died. Hashem saying, no lot. No one works for Pesach. The Rabbanim say, no, Dustin Abiram didn't die. They became impoverished. Okay, okay, but still, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be leaving Midian. So obviously the nether was dissolved. <coughs> Rabbanim say, watch this. Take a look at the rush. So Rabbanim say, this is the rush. Look at the last, the, literally the last two lines on the page, on the entire page. Hello. This is incredible. Now, first of all, since Das and Avir were impoverished, therefore, again, they didn't have the ability to harm Moshe Rabbeinu. Wow. Wow. Rabbi say, watch this. If you remember again, going back to the Mishnah, why didn't the Rabbanon agree with Rabbi Eliezer about Nolad? Why didn't they agree about Nolad? So say, the whole chap of a Pesach is what? Is the idea that had I known then what I know now, I wouldn't have what? Made the nether. The Rabbanon will say that only applies in a way where we are certain that had you had that information at the time of the nether, you wouldn't have made the nether. The whole chap of Nolad is Nolad represents circumstances that are not common. And the Rabbanos say, when it comes to uncommon circumstances, even as you presented the vower with the possibility of these, uh, with, with the possibility of these uncommon circumstances, he still may have vowed. Meaning, I'll give you an example. I take another that I take another that I'm not going to get enough from Ruvain. So imagine for a moment that somebody would have said to me, "Tell me the nether, But you know what happens if Ruvain becomes the sofer? Ruvain becomes the sofer. That's like when monkeys fly. In other words, like, what, what, what are you talking? Ruvain, Ruvain. So in other words, I will say, that reality is not necessarily the reality that will come to fruition. So Lamaisa, because it's not a reality, like, even if someone said that to me, I, would, I might have said, you know what? I'll roll the dice on that one. In other words, I might have still vowed. Did Abaran say, a Pesach only works when we are certain that had you had that information at the time of the vow, you wouldn't have vowed. But something that is uncommon a person may have still vowed. So I'll say, watch this. Did Abanon say, did Abanon say that poverty, poverty is a certain circumstance. Poverty is a milsa deshricha. It's a, it's, a, it's a common circumstance. So because it's a common circumstance, therefore it's not called nolod. Because it's not called nolod, it could create a Pesach. Which I will say is a fascinating thing because what the Abanon seem to be saying is death is not a common circumstance. Poverty is a common circumstance. I will say that sounds a little bit strange because death is a pretty common circumstance. So the Mashal explains something incredibly profound here, which is that, of course, death is this common circumstance. De- in the eyes of most people, although I know that death, although I know that death will occur, it's a far removed reality for me, which, which is a good, which is good. Conversely, we see every single day that people become poor. Every single day, regular people become poor, wealthy people become poor, poor people become wealthy. Regular people, in other words, that wealth, like Chazal says, is like a gal hamiskalgel. It's a wheel that turns. So the notion, ultimately, again, that someone's financial circumstances change in a day, that's common. So therefore, the Rabbanon say, 
That's the Pesach over here. And it's not no lud because poverty is not an uncommon circumstance. Incredible. So the Gemara goes back there. I'm going to be So I'll say now the Gemara mentioned this about poverty. Any person that doesn't have children is considered to be like he's dead. We'll see exactly what this means. Shene emar, havali banim, bim ayin me sanochi, rachali minim. Rachali minim says to Yaakov, give me children, and if not, it's as if I am dead. Vitanyo, arbo chashuvin kemes, four people are considered to be like they're dead. Ani, mitzora, v'suma, omi she'in lo banim. Someone who's poor, someone who is, has saraz, someone who is blind, and someone who does not have children. So let's go through this. Mitzora, dechsev, anati kemes, so it's right, this when Miriam was stricken by Saras. Aaron says to Moshe, don't treat our sister like she's dead. By a suma, by a, by a blind person, the Pasuk says, in the darkness, you have led me like the dead of the world. So these are the psukim ultimately that go ahead and, that go ahead and explain these dynamics. So I will say, the, it's beautiful, the Sasem's the Gereb, it says, what's the come denominator amongst all of these individuals? So the Sasem says, they're all cut off from others. Right? I will say, if you think about this in just a moment, right? The Ani, the Ani often is someone, the Ani is often someone who's cut off, who is marginalized by society. The Mitzorah, literally, Bada Geshev has to live separately than everyone else. The Suma, the blind person, again, is often separated from other individuals. And Misha'in Lobanim, someone who struggles with infertility, is often a very isolating experience. When people are cut off from the community, the, the lifeline of the Jew is being part of the Kihila. The lifeline of the Jew is being part of something bigger than yourself. The lifeline of the Jew is being part of the Am. And when I have personal circumstances that make me feel isolated, there's a quasi-death-like experience that occurs there. They both say it's also, so first of all, just a profound idea about where, and we know this, we, we know this, where, where does my lifeline come from? My lifeline comes from being part of something bigger than me. So when I have personal circumstances that isolate me from the clown, that, that creates almost like a death-like experience for me. Because we'll say, what's death? What's, what's the hap of death? The hap of death is you're by yourself, right? You're alone. You, you, you don't go through death without it. You could go through the process of dying with other people. Other people could be around you when you're dying. But Lamai said, death is something you go at all by yourself. These experiences in life that isolate me a little bit socially, that isolate me a little bit communally, there's a death-like experience, which I will say is why it's so incredibly important to be sensitive to this as well on the other side. That when I see a person is struggling with these things, how important it is. Again, so the Matsura piece, we, we can look at as illness. A person is suffering with poverty. A person is suffering with illness. And again, you could even include blindness in that as well. A person is suffering with infertility. To recognize that all of those things could be such profoundly isolating experiences and how, how, how sensitive the community has to be to try to enfranchise those individuals as well. Incredible. Bosei tap of Samechei. Tanya, interesting case here. Hamudra Hanamech Havera Eimatirono Elobafanov. Shabosei, this is really interesting. If you take a nether not to go ahead and benefit from someone, so the, the annulment or revocation of that nether must take place in front of the person 
about in the presence of the person who is the subject of that nether. So we'll say, in other words, that if I take a nether and have to benefit from Ruvain, Salah <laughs> if I'm going to have that nether annulled, that annulment has to take place in the presence of Ruvain. Now, the Ran gives, gives two interpretations for this. If you look at the Ran on the left hand side, it says, so, okay, so one possibility is that the Ran says this could be in a case where I took a nether to benefit someone else or that is beneficial to someone else and now I'm going to have that nether revoked. It's important that the other person know that that nether is being revoked so they shouldn't think that I'm shirking my responsibilities. The Ran then gives just a second, more practical idea. He says, Right, in order to avoid any suspicion. In other words, if I took a nether not to get benefit from Ruvain, and now suddenly one day I'm getting benefit from Ruvain, what does that look like? What does that look like? I'm in violation of my nether. So in order to avoid any type of suspicion, ultimately, again, the nether should be revoked in the presence of the person who is the subject of that nether. Okay, so, so again, the Ran really frames this in two different ways. But for our purposes, I take a nether not to benefit from Ruvain, Lemaisa, Lemaisa, that nether should be revoked in the presence of Ruvain. Either the Ran says because there could be some element of benefit, and if you're going to remove a nether which converts benefit, ultimately both parties should be present, or chashad, in order to avoid suspicion. So the Imar says, where do we know this from? So the Imar says, where do we know this from? So what happens? Hashem says to Moshe in Midian, the Rebbe say, why did Hashem, why does the Pasuk need to say that they were in Midian? We know they're in Midian. Right? So Hashem says to Moshe when he's in Midian, go back to Egypt because all of the people who died, who died, or all the people who wanted to harm you have died. So why does he need to say B'midyan? Amr lo, B'midyan nadarta leich v'hater nadarecha be'aretz midyan. So Hashem says to Moshe, listen, that's because in Midian you made your nadar. And therefore again, in Midian, it's very important that you revoke the nadar. D'chsev v'yoel Moshe, the Pasuk says v'yoel Moshe. I will say, that Pasuk literally means, the way, the way we normally translate it was, v'yoel Moshe l'sheves es ha'ish. Moshe began or continued to go ahead and dwell with his father-in-law. But the Imar says, no, no, the Lashon of Vayoel ain't Allah, Allah Shavua. The word Allah means an oath. Dixiv Vayaveo so Allah. He brought him in an oath. He brought him in an oath. So we'll say, we're going, we're going to see this. We're going to see this in just a moment as well. This is the King Sidkio with Nebuchadnezzar. So we'll say, let's pause here for just a moment because this is going to get into another fascinating story. So we'll say, so I just want to point out something really interesting, which is that the Moshe Rabinu story serves as the source so far for two important concepts in the Darim. So for Rabbi Eliezer, the Moshe story serves as a source for what? Poschen benolot, that you can go in and create a Pesach with new information that comes about that was not present, that, that, that didn't exist at the time of the nether. Moshe makes a nether to dwell with Yisro, right? Ultimately, part of that nether was in deference to Yisro, but part of that nether was because Moshe Avinu was scared to go back to Mitzrayim. Now Hashem says to Moshe, by the way, the guys who wanted to harm you are dead are dead. So therefore, again, that's no love, new information, 
go back to Yisro, and now you can get out of your nether. That's piece of information number one. Piece of information number two is that when you make a nether that involves another person, revocation of that nether must be done in that person's presence. Now again, why is that? So again, so the Ran says, it's possible that this halacha only applies in a case where the nether you made benefits someone else. So you don't want to go cold turkey on benefiting someone else. That doesn't look right. So you should involve them in the revocation so they understand why the benefit <laughs> is going to cease. But then he says, no, even in a case where you're not benefiting someone else, so when someone else is a party to the nether, I make, a, I make a nether not to get benefit from Ruvain. Suddenly tomorrow I'm getting Hana from Ruvain. In order that it doesn't look I'm in violation of my nether, Ruvain should be present at the time of the revocation. Where do we see that if you make a nether, they either benefit someone else or someone else is involved in, they need to be present for the revocation? Moshe Rabbeinu. Because Hashem says to Moshe, listen Moshe, you made the nether in Midian, you got to do revocation in Midian, which means do revocation in the presence of your father-in-law of Yisro. That's when he understands that the nether is done. Incredible. Incredible. Now I will say, the way the Gemara knew that was because of the Lashon of Vayoel. Allah means Shavuah. Where do we know that Allah means Shavuah? Get ready for this, I will say. This is dramatically amazing. This comes from the story. This comes from the story, ultimately, of Nebuchadnezzar and Sidkiyo. So remember again, Nebuchadnezzar was the king who destroyed the first base Hamikdash. So after he already conquered Eretz Israel was already under his control, he installed Sidkiyo as king. Sidkiyo as king. So now, watch this. Um, so the Pasuk says as follows, So the Navi tells a story of Tzidkiyo's rebellion, Tzidkiyo's rebellion against Nebuchadnezzar. Against Nebuchadnezzar. So we'll say, so what happens? So now watch this. So my Mardu say, how did Tzidkiyo rebel? So remember, the rebellion of Tzidkiyo was really the, the end, the end of the Khurban story. So my Mardu say, we'll say it's a pretty wild story. What was the rebellion of Tzidkiyo against Nebuchadnezzar? So what happened? Ashkechit Tzidkiyo Nebuchadnezzar so one time Sirkio walked in on Nebuchadnezzar eating a live rabbit. Okay, eating a live rabbit. Obviously, eating a live rabbit is a pretty like barbaric thing to do. Right? I don't know, I guess I guess regular rabbit. It tastes like chicken, right? Whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, so, 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 you know, so whatever, so if you're going to eat it cooked or whatever, he was literally eating a live rabbit. He's eating a live rabbit. So Tzidkiel walks in on this. So what happens? So Nebuchadnezzar made Tzidkiel swear that Tzidkiel would never divulge that which he saw. Made him take an oath or an adar. So I'll say, so what happened? So I'll say, by the way, I'll, I'll just point out to you. What is it? Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was one of the most powerful men in the world. So what's the pshat that he's eating a live rabbit? What's the pshat? See, I will say, because he sees something incredibly profound. You could have wealth. You could have power. You could have cover. You could have all those things. If you do not work on refining your character, you're just a barbarian in king's clothing. See, I will say, that was Nebuchadnezzar. And you see this, by the way, all the time. See this all the time. I will say, sometimes... Right, you see this in people in positions of leadership who have all the trappings of power, 
but themselves are, are morally corrupt individuals. Because at the end of the day, it's not power that makes you great, right? It's greatness that ultimately leads a person to power. And sometimes when a person who's not great gets power, that's where things kind of go off the rails. So what's incredibly profound about the story is you could be the strongest sovereign on the face of the earth, but if you don't work on refining your personality, you're just a barbarian in monarchial clothing. And that's what, that's what Sikio walked in on. That, that, that's what he walked in on over here. Right? The king could order anything he wants from whoever he wants, but that barbaric part of him was still rooted in these base behaviors. So why is Nebuchadnezzar so concerned about this getting out? Why is he concerned about it? Because Lamaise would totally undermine his authority. Because people expect their king to behave a certain way. And if it gets out that he's eating live rabbits, Lamaise could totally undermine his authority. So he makes Sikyo, he makes Sikyo take an oath. So I'll say, what happened? The self of the Kometsar. So I'll say, so now what happened? The self of the Kometsar, Sikyo, big buffet. It will say, so holding on to this information was physically painful for Tzidkiyo. Now, why was it physically painful for Tzidkiyo? So the Ran explains over here something very interesting, which is Tzidkiyo understood that he was sitting on a piece of very important information. Why? Because if he could tell other people about this whole rabbit episode, perhaps what that could do is undermine support for Nebuchadnezzar. And if you could undermine support for Nebuchadnezzar, perhaps Eretz Yisrael could shake free of being a vassal state, and maybe there could be some type of rebellion. So, it's, it's literally, it's literally causing Tzidkiyo pain that he's sitting on this information. So I'll say, so what happened? Itshal Ashivuaseh. So Itshal Ashivuaseh. V'amar, v'amar. So I'll say, so now what happened? So, so, so Tzidkiyo goes to the Sanhedrin and he petitions for release of his vow. And amazingly enough, and what happens? The Sanhedrin releases him. So Shaman Abuchan, that's why they come in lay. So Nebuchadnezzar suddenly hears that everybody's talking about the rabbit episode. So I'll say, so now there's only one person who knows about the rabbit episode, rabbit gate, right? There's only one person who knows about rabbit gate, right? And who is it? It's Tzidkiyo. It's Tzidkiyo. So Shalach Va'isi Sanhedrin, but Tzidkiyo. So Nebuchadnezzar calls for an emergency meeting of the Sanhedrin together with Tzidkiyo. Amr Lahon. So again, so, the, so Nebuchadnezzar says to the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin, do you see what Sikkiyo did? Do you see what Sikkiyo has done? So ultimately again, so Sikkiyo, so Nebuchadnezzar turns to Sikkiyo, did you not swear by the name of your God, you took an oath by the name of your God, that ultimately again you would not divulge this information? Amalei, itshali atshvuasa. So ultimately, again, so the Sanhedrin defended Tzidkiyo by saying to Nebuchadnezzar, listen, Chizkiyo came to us and he petitioned us for release from the vow, release from the oath. Amr lei, mishalana shvuasa, amr lei in, amr lu b'fanov, o shilo b'fanov. So Nebuchadnezzar says, Nebuchadnezzar did the daf, Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, Chevra, let me ask you a question. When you take an adah or a shvuah that, that involves another person, does revocation have to take place in part in, in front of the associated party or not? They said in front of the associated party. So Amr So he says he gives the Sanhedrin Musar. Sanhedrin said, "Let me ask you. I was a party to this oath. See, even if you think that you have the right to go ahead and release Sidkio, 
How could you have done that not in my presence? How could you have done that without me present? So I will say, so listen to this. Miad in that moment, I will say what happened. So remember, the Sanhedrin used to sit on cushions. They're, they're the equivalent of chairs. What did, Sikyo, what, what did Nebuchadnezzar do? He removed the chairs of the cushions and made them sit on the floor. So ultimately, I will say, so it's a fascinating, fascinating story. So the Ran has a whole discussion over here. The Ran says, I will say, if you look at the first, the last short line. So the Ran says, now, first wide line. from his oath vow without without the Vuchanetzar present, right? In other words, both said, that is the halacha, by the way, that when you make a nether that involves another person, hatara, revocation, has to take place with them present, ideally. So how did the Sanhedrin release Tzidkiyo without the Vuchanetzar being present? So the Ran gives an interesting answer. He says, well, say second line in the wide lines, middle of that line, ikal ameymar dvar mitzvah, so very interesting. So one possibility is while it's true that normally you need the other party to be present at revocation, it is permitted to revoke a nether without the other party present for the purpose of a mitzvah. The, apparently, the inability to divulge this information was causing Sidkio so much pain that he wasn't even able to do mitzvahs, he wasn't able to learn, he wasn't able to daven, and therefore the Sanhedrin felt that Lamaiset was a mitzvah reason to go ahead and release him, even without Nebuchadnezzar present. The second possibility was, Vegam mitzvahs hamelech matiro So the other possibility is, when the king commands, Ksikyo is the king, when the king commands you to do something, it is a mitzvah to listen to the king. So essentially what the Rosh, what the Ran is saying, excuse me, what the Ran is saying is that halacha lamaisa, when the king, when the king needs something, it's a mitzvah to fulfill the word of the king. So whether they saw that Tzidkiyo was in such pain that he was unable to serve Hashem, therefore they felt it was a dvar mitzvah to go out and release him, or it's a mitzvah to listen to the king. Apparently they felt they had a mitzvah license to revoke the nether, even not in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar. both say an incredible, incredible story, both about the Musr, about Rosay. By the way, I just want to point out, this is why we learn every single morning before Daf Yomi. Because we'll say, remember, Daf is great, and Gemara is great, but we also need character refinement. Now, the truth is, you can get incredible character refinement from the Gemara. That, that is when we've seen that over our years of the study of Daf. But this is why the study of Musr is a crucial an indispensable part of our personalistic development. Because otherwise, what can you have? You can become a person who becomes great in so many areas, but inside you're still a barbarian. This was Nebuchadnezzar. He became accomplished and great in some right. He's the strongest man in the world. And yet, in the privacy of his own home, he's eating raw rabbits. You think to yourself, how does that happen? I'll say it's very simple. You know how it happened? Nebuchadnezzar didn't come to Mesilas Yesharim. That's how it happened. 
That's how it happens. When you become a Jew who learns a lot, does a lot, but you don't do Moser, you can have all the robes of Torah accomplishment, but in the privacy of your own life, you're eating rabbits because you don't have character refinement. That's what Moser gives to us. It refines who and what we are so that as we acquire the external trappings of becoming a Ben Torah, of becoming again a Tamit Chacham, all those internal trappings are incredibly important. As long as on the inside, I'm being refined as well. You could acquire the external levels, but again, in the privacy of your own self, are still a barbarian. Musa refines that inner self so that I become a complete individual inside and out. Incredible. Abba says to the Mishnah. There's a lot of good halacha the Maisa over here also, but maybe we'll come back to it if we have time at the end of the year. So Mishnah. Abba says, great. Rabbi Meir Omer. Abba says, there are things that are like no lud, but aren't no lud. Okay, what, what, what does that mean? He says, listen to this, But the Chachamim ultimately, again, do not agree. Do not agree. So says the Gemara, Ketzad, Amar konam sha'ani nose esplonis shaviara. So we'll say the very interesting case over here. Let's say a man says, I take a nether that I'm not going to marry a certain woman. I'm not going to marry a certain person. Why? Because her father is evil. Shaviara. Amrulo, so they say to, they say to the individual, Mace osha asa tshuva. Ultimately, again, don't worry, because the father died, or he did tshuva. He did tshuva, right? So ultimately, again, what they're telling, what they're telling remember, just, just to frame the case, ultimately, the individual went ahead and said, I'm taking a nether not to go ahead and marry this person. I give a very specific, why? Her father is evil. It turns out then that they say, her father did tshuva or died. Now, both say, so what, what's happened in this case? This isn't no lot. What, what is this really? What is this really? Mistaken information. Mistaken information, right? Amr lo tshuva, or konam so or a person says, first of all, take a, take a look at the Ran, right? The Ran says as follows. We'll say five lines up from the bottom. Yesh dvaram Ultimately, again, it's what's happening over here. It's as if a person has gone ahead and linked their nether to a particular reality. That's what's happening over here. Tola nether bedavar. I'm connecting my nether to a particular reality. So I won't marry this woman because her father is evil. Now it turns out that what? Her father is not evil. Either because he's dead or because he's done tshuva. Because he's done tshuva. So we'll say, what's that Right, what we'll see with that loch is, Amrlo, Mace Allah said Shuba, or Konim Abai Zeshan Nichnas. Well, listen to this. Or I say, I make a nether. I'm not going in, I'm not going into this particular house. Why? Why? Shakelev Rab Soho. There's a bad dog in the house. It's a bad dog in the house. Oh, Shanachash Pesoho. Or, I'm not going to say anything about dogs, because I get, I get a lot of feedback about, about I'm sorry. It's not all right, all right about, about dog comments. But I just want to point out that if you notice again, it puts dogs and snakes in the same category. I'm just saying that's not me, that's Chazal. That's Chazal, right? So I'll say, so ultimately again, so I'm not going into this house because there's a bad dog. Or there's a snake in there. So I'll say, so again, in this case, in this case, I'm going ahead and I'm not going into this place because of the dog or the snake. Amrlo, Mesa Kelev, the dog died. Oshenerag or the snake died. Hari hain kinolat ve'inan kinolat. So we'll say 
These are like cases of no lud. So I'll say, the reason why Gemara says it's like no lud is why. It was like why. Because again, it sounds like there's new information. But at the end of the day, it's not no lud. Now I'll say, go back to the run for just a moment. Five lines are from the bottom. Lefishuki toled nidro bedavar. Now I'll say, so the reason why this isn't like, this isn't really no lud is because it's clear in this case, I'm making my nether based on certain, or dependent on certain realities. It then turns out that what? The realities I thought were present are not present. Therefore, both say, so this is a much simpler case because ultimately what this sounds like is it's almost like you're making a nether al tanai, right, with a condition. Like, I'm not marrying this girl because her father's evil. Well, her father's not evil, either because he did tshuva or, or he died. I'm not going into his house because there's a dog or there's a snake. Well, the dog and the snake die. So the mice again, in, that, in this case, the Gemara says, that Allah, the Mishnah says, Tanakama says, it should work. Ultimately, again, in other words, that the nether is, the nether is void. And ultimately, don't agree in this case. Let's analyze. So, so the Gemara says, listen to this. So why isn't this no lot? Why isn't this no lot? The Gemara says. It's not no lot. Why? Because this lashon of means essentially... It's like I'm making the nether with a tonight. In other words, I'm attaching my nether. I'm not just saying I'm not marrying this girl. I'm not just saying I'm not going into this house. In other words, very specifically, I'm saying I'm not doing this. Well, I'm not doing this because clearly I'm telling you the circumstances or the realities that are motivating this nether. I will not marry this girl because her father is a Russia. I will not go into this house because of the dog. So therefore, again, Rav Huna says, because I'm explicitly articulating the reasons for my nether, therefore, when those reasons are not in effect, the nether essentially what? Goes away. Goes away. Look at the Ran for just a moment. The Ran writes, That's the Chab. Rav Huna is going to say, essentially, this is making a nether with a tenai. With a tenai. And therefore, once it turns out that the tenai was incorrect or is making a nether based on certain information, now, I'm attaching it to something. Once it's clear that the something no longer applies, therefore what? Therefore, the nether is no longer in effect. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Kivar meis, o kivar asa kamrila. So I'll say, this is very interesting. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, 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 what's the case? I will say the case is where we tell the guy already at the time of the neder, the father died. And I was about to say, what's interesting according to Rafuna is, in this case, I say I'm not going to marry this girl because her father's a Russia. Then what happens, they tell me he did shuvah or he died. I will say, when did he do shuvah or die? When did that happen? Sometime after the time of the neder. But Rafuna is going to say, that's okay, because the Maisa is clear, you've made your neder based on certain circumstances. The circumstances change and therefore the neder goes away. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, 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 what's the case? The case is where I say, I'm not going to marry this girl because your father's a Russia. Then they tell me, oh, no, no, by the way, at the time you had made the neder, at the time you had made the neder, the father was already dead. In other words, so already at the time you made the neder, the father was dead. So look at the run. Kilomar Shemis called him Nidro for having a neder tos. Fascinating. So we'll say, ultimately, again, in this case, what they say is, it's a mistake. It's a mistake, right? The father was already dead at the time of the neder. 
And therefore, again, halach halamaisa, the whole net there was in that So you see what's happening over here? See what's happening? This is really quite fascinating. There, there are two different things which are occurring over here. So machlokis, I will say about how this case in the Mishnah is working. According to Rafuna, this is working because tola bedavar, you're attaching the nether to a specific reality, and now the reality is void. Therefore, the nether becomes void. It becomes bottle kind of by itself, by itself. Rabbi Yochanan saying it's a nether tos, a nether tos. It's a mistaken nether because at the time of the nether, the information you thought was correct was really not correct. I'm a baseball say master of the Abba. So Rabbi Abba raises the kasha. Konam sheni no selaplonius kiura. It's an interesting case. I make a nether. I'm not going to marry this woman. She's uh, she's not attractive. Kura literally means like like ugly. She's not attractive. I vahari he It turns out that she's beautiful. Shchora vahari levan. I'm not going to marry her because she's dark complexion. It turns out that she's light complexion. Kitsara. I'm not marrying her because she's short. But it turns out that she's tall. Mutterba. Ultimately, he's allowed to marry this woman. A very clearly a very deep individual, right? Right. <laughs> so say, so what happened? See, he he's allowed to marry her. He's allowed to marry her. Mutterba. Now I both say, now watch this. It's not because she was ugly and then became beautiful. Or she was dark complexion and became light complexion. Or or she was short and then became tall. Elo shaneder tos. And I will say why? Because lemaisa lemaisa. It was a mistake in Eden. I and I want to point out, this is a Mishnah we're going to see in a couple of Dapim from, actually tomorrow. Right? So, th- so I will say, this is another case. This is another case in Nidara. So I will say, so just look what's happening over here. This, so this is, this is an, a further Mishnah. So now I will say, so the question is, the question is, why does the Mishnah need to bring this case? So this is a paradigmatic example of a Nedar Tal. So I say, I'm not going to marry Rachel. Why? Because she's short. She's short. I want a tall wife. She's short. And now they tell me, oh, you know, no, no, she's not tall. She's not short. She's tall. So what's Allah about saying? What's Allah huh? My nether is void. Why is my nether void? Why? Nether tos. Okay, now hold that. So it says the Gemara. Bishlama Rafunov, the Amar Nasaki told the So what's Now, let's go back for just a second. We have our case in the Mishnah. What's our case in the Mishnah? I'm not going to marry Rachel. Why? Because her father is a Russia. Father is a Russia. So now the Gemara says, it turns out that he's not a Russia. Either he died or he did Shuba. Or he did Shuba. So now why is it, why is it that my nether is now no longer in effect? So this is Machlokis Rafuna Yochanan. Rafuna says it's because this is called Tola B'davar Acher. Or Tola Nidro B'davar. This is called attaching your nether to a reality. And then when the reality is no longer true, the nether kind of just falls off. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, this is a case of a nether toss. A nether toss. I thought that Rachel's father was a Russia. It turns out that what? At the time of the nether, he was already dead. A nether toss. So we'll say, now watch this. It says, So we'll who holds the Aramish that we just read before, is Tola B'davar, a case where you're attaching your nether to a reality. And then our Mishnah, our present Mishnah is coming to teach us that what? That Allah, when you attach your nether to a current reality, and then that reality is no longer true, the nether falls off by itself. That's what our Mishnah is coming to teach us. And the next Mishnah is coming to teach us about what? Nether tells. It makes sense. El Rabbi Yochanan, the Amar Kvar Meis, U Kvar Asachuva, Lama Lila Misni Tri Zimni Nether Tals. Rabbi Yochanan, according to Rabbi Yochanan, 
all the our Mishnah is a case of neder tos. Where Abba say what? I say I'm not going to marry Rachel because your father's a tshuva. Uh, father's tshuva. Father's a rasha. And then it turns out that well, they tell me no, it's okay. Her father already did. Her father already did tshuva. So it turns out that what? I made a mistake, right? I made the neder with mistaken information. So Abba say, why do I need this Mishnah and the next Mishnah to teach you the halacha of neder tos? To which the Gemara says kasha. That is a good question on Rabbi Yochanan. So therefore, I will say, again, we're going we're gonna, to... So, so, so here, here's what we have so far. So I will say, so we have a couple of pieces of halacha stuff to resolve. Number one, when you take a neder about, that involves someone else, do you have to annul it in their presence? That's the number we have to resolve. Issue number three, I will say, deals with the neder in this type of mishnah, where you take a neder based on specific information, and it turns out that the information is no longer true. No longer true. So, the Tanakama says, no problem, the nether simply slips away by itself. The Chams say, no, that does not work. How do we pass it? In that case, we'll have to see. And I will say, now we're being introduced to nether ta'us as well. So again, let me just tell you quickly, just for the sake of, so we'll say, when it comes to, when it comes to taking a nether in the presence of someone else, or that involves someone else, the Rambam Paskins, whenever you take a nether that involves someone else, Revocation of that nether must be done in that person's presence. That's the Ramam Hilchoshvuos, Parak Vav Halacha Zayim. Next, I will say, if a person goes ahead, we'll get to nether tells in just a moment. I will say, listen to this. What about a person, let's say the Ramam uses our case. So this is Hilchos Darim, Parak Chas Halacha Beis. I take a nether, I'm not going to marry Rachel because her father is a Russia, right? Or I'm not going to enter into a house because there's a dog in it. So what's Talacha? What's Talacha? Ultimately, again, if it turns out that the father's dead, or he did tshuva, or the dog died, I'm allowed to enter into the house, marry Rachel. Why? Like the Tanakhama and our Mishnah, namely, that if you go ahead and you make a neder, and you are tola bedavar, tola bedavar, you attach your neder to a specific reality, and that reality changes the nether falls away by itself. So when I make it clear, I'm not marrying Rafa because her father is a Russia. Now what happens? Her father is no longer a Russia. Why? Either because he did Shiva, or he died, or he died. Halakha is now permitted to marry Rafa. I make a nether, I'm not going into this house. Because there's a dog there, there's a snake there. The dog died, the snake died. I'm allowed to enter into that. And again, I don't need Hataras the Durham. I don't need to, I don't need to go to a Chacham to have the nether and all the remote. This is called Tola Nidro Bidava. I attach my nether to a certain reality. Once that reality is no longer real, the nether falls off by itself. Good, let's go back there. Says the Mishnah. <coughs> Says the Mishnah. Va'od Amar Post is a great case. We can also create a Pesach for someone based on something written in the Torah. Va'omrim lo. Ilu ha'yisi yodesh over Let's give an example. Right, Ruvain, Ruvain didn't lend me his, uh, his lawnmower. So I make a nether. Ruvain, I hear I make a nether that you are never permitted to use anything of mine. What was the motivation of that nether? What's the motivation? I'm taking revenge, right? That's the motivation. <coughs> so I'm taking revenge. So now what happens? They say to me, listen, Silver, had you realized that taking a nether like that puts you in violation of a biblical prohibition of not taking revenge, would you have taken that nether? Or for example, Mm-hmm. 
Ani ve'in atayaka lefarna. So, shall we say, for example, again, let's say they say to me, they say to me, that the nether I took is in violation of v'yahavta rechakamocha, loving your fellow Jew. Rabbos, I tie into misilas yasharm, incredible. Or Rabbos, here's a good one, here's a good one. I make a nether that Ruvain can't get any benefit from me. Nothing I have can benefit Ruvain. Turns out now that Ruvain is poor, right? And he needs help. Now, as a result of my nether, I can't help him. So the, so the, so the basin says to me, had you realized when you made your nether that you would not be able to fulfill the biblical precept of the Chaya to allow your brother to live with you, would you have made the nether? And I say, no, you know what? Had I realized, had I realized that at the time of the making of the nether, this would put me in violation of a biblical precept, I would have never made the nether. Ultimately, again, Harezemotor. Ultimately, I will say, this, this is motor, this is a form of nether revocation. I will say, so, so to be clear over here, there's really two different kinds of cases, right? So this over here, where this is creating a Pesach, this is creating a Pesach, creating a Pesach through a mitzvah. Had I realized that the nether would put me at odds with the fulfillment of a particular biblical dictate, would I have done it? And if I say no, that creates a Pesach, that creates charata, and that allows for the nether to be an Says the Gemara, I don't understand. I will say at the end of the day, even if, so let's, let's, let's play out this case. I take an nether not to give benefit to Reuven, right? Reuven becomes poor. So we say, so now the basin says to me, had you realized that you would not be able to help Reuven, would you have taken the nether? Well, why can't I answer? Why can't I answer? Listen, I can't support every single poor person. In other words, it's not the shot that I would support every single poor person. It's incredible. At the end of the day, I can say like this, look, it's not the shot that every single poor person comes to me, right? And I don't have the responsibility to support every single poor person. What I could also do is, I could give to the general tzedakah fund and let the general tzedakah fund support Ruvain. This is actually quite profound. When a person falls on hard times, often their first stop is not the community charity fund. What's their first stop? What's their first stop? Friends and family. Friends and family, you fall on hard times. Which I will say is an incredible sort in general that friends and family are the first line of defense for a person who has fallen on difficult times. But I will say the idea being, the idea being that we say to Ruvain, listen, while it's true that Ruvain, we say, well, say to me, while it's true that Ruvain could go to the community fund, Lemaisa, that's not going to be Ruvain's first stop when he falls upon difficult times. His first stop is going to be to you, to his friends, to his family. So how did you realize that this nether would prevent you from helping Ruvain? Would you have taken it? And then presumably I'm going to say, no. And because I say no, ultimately that creates the Pesach for them. So we'll stop over here for today. We're going to do more with that case of the Mitzvah Mir Hashem tomorrow. Shkoyach.